Well, if you'll grab your Bibles, we are in Philippians this morning, chapter 2. And we've been talking about Paul and his humility. We've been talking about Paul and his just ways of living and his encouragements. And last week, uh, we were uh, at the beginning of Philippians. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. And Paul began with this whole idea of, you know, the four ifs, and then you have the thens, okay? The four ifs, if any encouragement, if any comfort, if any common sharing, if any tenderness and compassion, then, be, you know, then, then make Paul's joy complete because he has a relationship with these people. He's saying, make my joy complete because I want to hear great things. Be, be like-minded with one another. Be in the same love with one another. One in spirit and one in mind. And we talked about how God has made us all different, which is a good thing because if everybody was like me, it would be terrible, okay? Believe me, I know. I live with me, okay? If everybody was like you, it would not be good either, Right? God gave us all a different personality. Some of these personalities mesh. Some of these personalities grade against each other and all this stuff. But when we become Christians, we need to be of the same mind, the same love, one in spirit, one in mind, all these things. Because God should overwhelm those things and tamp down that personality and Christ come out. He goes on and says in verse 3, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but uh, but each of you to the interests of the others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, this is loaded, but we've got to define a couple of words here. Selfish ambition and vain conceit because I notice right there as I read this we naturally attach these things to the negative well we shouldn't be this way I shouldn't be this way I did it you know but he also says here each of you should not look out only to your own interest you go back to the Greek as what he's talking about it's the idea of just don't look out for yourself only So there's a part of this that he's saying, it's okay to look out for your own self-interest a little bit, right? Is that a good thing? We attach that to the negative and say, no, it's never a good thing to look out for your own self-interest. Oh, they're so conceited. They're looking out for themselves. Well, sometimes we need to look out for ourselves, uh, just not more than we should. You see what I'm saying? It can go way too far. Some people say you shouldn't look out for yourself at all, and that is wrong, I believe. He's not saying don't look out for yourself. He's saying also, in addition to looking out for yourself, look out for others before you look out for yourself. So what is vain conceit? Vain conceit is when you say that I am better than what I really am. Vain conceit is I'm the best. And no one else is as good as I am. Well, come to find out, there's always somebody better than you, right? 
I've learned that over the years. You get really good at something. I used to, when I was at, working at a college, a Christian college, one of, my, one of my jobs, well, my primary main job was to, to hang out with the students as associate pastor on campus and stuff and, and to develop relationships and influence them in a great way. Well, part of the hanging out was uh, we would go play pool every day. I ended up playing pool every day for about three hours each day uh, because it was my job, okay? Well, I'm pretty decent at pool. And, and another friend of mine, Ron, uh, he is up in heaven already right now, but Ron and I were good friends, and we, we would play every day. We would play games each other, and we kept a tally. And we were up to like, uh, you know, I don't know who was in the lead, but it was like 642 to 638 games. I mean, we were pretty, you know, but we just, it was fun to keep a tally. But I always liked it when Billy came in, because Billy could really play pool. I mean, I thought I was good, and I could run the table. We could, uh, this is how we would do it. We would actually call our shots. So it wasn't, oh, I just hit in the ball, and oh, good, it went in. No, I'd say, okay, I'm going to hit the seven ball. It's going to go off this rail. It's going to bounce over here, and then it's going to go in that pocket. We would call every shot, and if we didn't do it, then the other person would have their turn, okay? So we got pretty good at this, but Billy show up, man. He could just run me on the table, you know. Now, vain conceit was, well, I'm just the best around here. But there's always somebody better. You know, trying to look good. But you have to be good. It's an arrogance. Paul says that this stuff, selfish ambition and vain conceit, can ruin what you have going on in a fellowship of believers. What if we acted like this and made all our, uh, all our decisions based on selfish ambition? When leaders start leading in a way that Jesus would not want them to lead, what if the leadership in all the Tulare churches did not make decisions based on themselves and their own churches? Things would change, wouldn't it? We would be in this together. And when I say leadership, that's a broad term. It's just not the, patter, uh, the, the pastor. Leadership is a broad term. It's, it's what, what if every group and every church made decisions around what they wanted to do versus what God wants them to do? What if all around us, selfish ambition and selfish thinking took over? Things would be very fractured, right? That's what the world looks like. How many people do you know look out for other people before themselves? You could probably put it on one hand, right? That's the problem with this world. This world goes after Satan's way. This world does not go after God's way. God says, look out for others before yourself. Now, Paul's been talking about, you know, getting along, how we're supposed to get along. And then he comes, you know, to this selfish ambition thought. And this is one of the reasons why churches don't get along. This is one of the reasons why Christians don't get along. Because it's about me. It's about my ideas. It's about how I worship. It's about how I want things to happen versus looking out for others. Paul says that these two things are big character flaws that can hurt everything. These character flaws, whether in an organization or in an individual, they're, they're terrible. 
And we cannot get to the point where we think that we are best at everything because then a conceitedness enters into our life. Hmm. What if we started learning to look out for other people, their interest, and not being conceited about it? recognizing first that there are those that are, that are just as good or better. You know, we've grown up in the society that think that we can do everything. Be all that you can be. You know, that's what the army motto, uh, motto you know, and it's a good motto. It's a, you know, I understand that. But, but the idea is that we can be anything, right? We keep telling every kid, you can be presidents. You know, you can be the president. Okay, well, yeah, in one sense, I understand what you're saying, but in the other sense, how many presidents have we had over this country? 45, right? 46. Can everybody be a president? No, reality, common sense says no. So we have to, but in America, we say you can do anything. We have certain abilities. We have, you know, we all have something that we can be good at, and we have other things that we're not so good at, right? Right? But we've grown up in this society as, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then you hit a roadblock or whatever, and, and it's just like, okay, when, when that clears up, I think I'll just keep going. And the Lord's going, no, 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 I put that roadblock to stop you. Reality is, sometimes we're not good at something, and that can be okay. And society is wrong when they say you can do anything. And we need to recognize that there are people that are better than us. We need to learn that it's okay for people to be better than us. And we need to learn how to strive to become better. I think we've gotten to a point in society and within our churches that we say that we're the best. We have to say that the church down the, down the street is doing it wrong because we're doing it right. You know, I mean, I, I love the church. I won't name the church. You will all know what church it is. And I'm friends with the pastor, okay? So, um, so I'm not knocking it. But at the same time, uh, you know, they have a big sign. You belong here on the side of the church. Well, does that mean people don't belong to the other church down the road? You see what I'm saying? You know, I, I, when, when I was back dating Lisa, that was a couple of years ago, um, when I was dating Lisa, I went to a, a large church in Houston that they started a campaign. They were trying to increase the number in the church and bring people to the church, and they started a, a campaign with some billboards that says, everybody goes here, Sagemont Church. Oh, man, they got ridiculed. We got rid. I mean, we, I mean, those of us that were on staff were just sitting there going, I can't believe that we just did that. And everybody else is going, yeah, right, whatever, you know. There's a conceitedness sometimes that creeps in, and we start thinking of ourselves, you know, and this is why we don't get along with churches down the road. This is why I like to team up with other churches for certain things. This is why we went to the, to the Philippines with the river. I mean, if, if it, it brought Christians from different walks of life together to serve, to say we are in this together, we have a higher purpose and that higher purpose involves Jesus. We need to get to a point where we understand and something else, um, <laughs> that something else is in control of this whole universe. Something else is out there that's in control, and we call this God. He helps us do what he wants us to do. That's what Paul's saying here. Paul's saying, don't come in 
with your ambition, your vain conceit. Don't think that you're better than you are and only come in thinking about yourself because the reason why we're doing this is because Jesus Christ came here to show our Lord, to show God himself. That's why he came. If Jesus Christ, who rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he rode in riding on a donkey. They thought he was supposed to ride in on a big white horse to come in to defeat those big bad Romans. But Jesus is like, it's not about the Romans. This is about salvation. This is about God. This is about Satan. This is about the war between good and evil. They thought he was going to come in and save them on a military sense. But but, uh, he came in and, and not with selfish ambition. Because selfish ambition would have been, he would have come to destroy the Roman Empire. But he came in on a donkey, humble, knowing that he was going to have to destroy, the, uh, he was going to have to die to destroy the likes of the Roman Empire. To destroy the likes of, of, of the oppression upon the people. Because we were all going to hell before he came. He understood that we need to start understanding where our place is in the God's kingdom. And we can't do anything on our own. We can always do it with Jesus Christ. Paul says, let everything be about Jesus. Paul actually uh, already told the Romans this a few years earlier. In fact, in Romans 13, we read part of this earlier. It says, for by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. This is a very interesting thought, right? More highly than you, than, you, than you ought. Think about that for a second. How highly should you think of yourself? Paul says, go right there and no higher. I think we should have this concept. This is a great concept for Christians. We should not think of ourselves more highly than we, than we ought There's also a concept out there that pride is bad. And I say pride is not bad. The Lord has given us pride in our lives, right? I mean, if we didn't take pride, what would our homes look like? If we didn't take pride, how how would we do things? How would we do things in our job? How would we do things in life? How would we raise our, our, our kids? How would we, you know, all these things. Pride is not necessarily bad. But Paul says, get there and don't go any further. Let's not have more pride than we should. In this frame of mind, we need to get to a point where we take pride in serving the Lord. What skills has the Lord given you? I mean, in around church, we talk about spiritual gifts, and spiritual gifts are wonderful, and, and I think we ought to exude those gifts and use those gifts and so forth, but God has also given us regular abilities, regular skills that aren't what we call the big spiritual gifts. This is a personality that God has given us. He gave those to you uh, because he wants you to be that way. So how can you use your life for the Lord? Paul says, get there and don't go any further. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment 
and according with what faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Man, I mean, that's powerful when you think about it. We all form one body. We go together. Peter also talks about, you know, this here. We have a guy who struggled with pride, right? Peter? <laughs> I mean, Peter, he just, if you read anything about Peter, you will understand that, you know. Uh, he was a go-getter guy. He was going to, he's the one that he's going to stand up and go, I can do this. You know, he jumps out of the boat and starts walking on water, right? How many of you would sit there and go, okay, I would be the first one to say, I'll try that. <laughs> no, it takes a personality like Peter, right? It's going to be first. He was always the guy that was going to, to try to be there. So I can't imagine Peter talking to the Lord going, hey, Lord, the other day, you were kind of knocking me down. You were putting me in my place, and you were talking to me about pride. But today, you didn't. Why? And I could imagine the Lord saying, well, the other day, you were doing it out of selfish ambition. You see, that's the difference. Today, you're not putting your selfish ambition, your pride's not getting in the way of you jumping up and doing this first because you're doing it for me. You see the difference on that. You can, you can, be, you can have pride without the selfishness that comes along with it. Peter says this, and you can imagine him being an older man writing this later on in life. He, you know, he's on in years, and he says, in the same way, you who are younger, Submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. This is a great word picture. When we get up in the morning, we should be thinking, Lord, as I'm dressing, clothe me in humility. That's an interesting thought. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, how many of you would raise your hand and say, I want to be opposed by God? Anybody? No takers on that. We, we don't want, I mean, all-powerful God, we don't want to be opposed by him. Yet when we wake up prideful and think about only ourselves and don't clothe ourselves in humility, guess who's opposed to us? God. I don't want to be opposed to God. God opposes us when we sin. God opposes us when we only think of ourselves. I don't want to be opposed by him because that's not a good combination. Me against God, I don't think so. I want the grace given by God. There comes a point in our lives, I think, where we stop listening to the Lord. I don't know if you've ever done this. You get to a point where the Lord's given you grace and, and kind of molding you and brings you along and, and saying, okay, you know, and, and uh, let me direct you and, and, and all that stuff's going on and, and you're listening and you're like, 
okay, Lord, I, I got this. I'm going to go this way. And we go away from the Lord. Something happens and we're not even realizing it. But there comes a point where God may, what we like to call, you know, knock me upside the head by the, you know, with a two by four. And usually this happens because we stop listening to God. Now, I'm not saying that God just comes in and wrecks our lives. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But God will allow certain things to happen in our lives when we're going away from him. And he's trying to bring us back. But unfortunately, we get hit upside the head sometimes. We're like, well, what was that for? And God's like, I tried everything else. And now you must, you know, you must, uh, this must happen. Because he says, now you must start listening to me. You need to learn how to listen to God early on because if you don't, you find yourself in a big mess, right? We do this with children also, for those younger, you know, younger adults in here. If you listen to your parents early on, they don't get upset as much, right? Do I see some heads of any of the young adults in here? Okay. If it takes 15 times telling you to do something, what happens? parents get upset a little bit, don't they? Absolutely. We've all been there, okay? So don't think you're, you know, it only happens to you. We, ask any older adult, did you always listen to your parents? The answer is no, okay? We never, uh, we didn't always listen to our parents. Some of us did a better job, some of us did a worse job. But we can all tell you from experience, if you listen early, things are better. This is the same way with the Lord. If you listen early, things are always better, you know, we try to blame the Lord for taking us through certain trials. And he's sitting there going, no, 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 no. I'm trying to get you out of the trial. You walked right into that mess. You led yourself down that path. I'm trying to get you back. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. You know, being around church, you hear this statement all the time. Oh, that person's going to be humbled one day. I just can't wait for the Lord to humble themselves, uh, you know, humble them. Okay, maybe we don't say it out loud, but we think it sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But Peter is saying, no, 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 no. Humble yourself. Do not allow it to get to the point where the Lord has to come and humble you. You don't want to deal with that because you don't want to be opposed to God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. You see, the Lord's motivation is not to knock us down. The Lord's motivation is not to make us grovel. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. The Lord's not into groveling. Lord, I know I've done this before. But the Lord is trying to get us to the, to the point the motivation is to get us to the point where we're going, man, praise the Lord. I was tempted by this, and by God's mighty hand, I was able to resist that temptation. That's what the Lord wants us to do, or wants, uh, wants for us. He wants others to take pride in us. He wants others to recognize that we live in a messed up world, and there's something different about us. And they go, Why? Because I wouldn't have reacted the way they reacted. Why aren't you down in this situation? Why aren't you just, you know, just like covering up, staying at home under the blankets, you know? And that's our chance to say, well, the Lord lifted me up. The Lord is going to get me through this. 
The Lord is going to bring me through the valley of the shadow of death, as you know, David wrote. And there was actually a valley that was called the shadow of death back then. It was a very dangerous place. The Lord wants to see us grow up and humble ourselves. You know, if we all acted like two-year-olds, <laughs> it'd be fun, wouldn't it? But I know some adults that act like two-year-olds. I've probably done it my, well, okay, I don't want to say probably. I've done it myself. The Lord wants to lift us up. What if church people, what if Christians, what if followers of Jesus did nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit? What if in humility we considered others better than ourselves? What if our church body did not look out for their own interests but the interests of others? What if our attitudes became the same as Christ Jesus? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to their own interests but the each of you to the interests of others. See, this is a hard one, especially today's day and age, about self-esteem, right? The age of self-esteem. We, we have learned to love ourselves too much. You know, it's, it's weird for me. I was, uh, did a wedding over on the coast yesterday, and I'm coming back, and I, I, I you know, stopped to, to, you know, get out of the car and walk around a little bit, go use the bathroom, and I go in the bathroom, and, and there's no mirror, and you're like, Oh, yeah, people mess that stuff up, you know. But, you're, you're, you, but you automatically go, and you're like, well, why isn't there a mirror? Because I'm so used to seeing myself. You know what I'm saying? It's odd, right? We love ourselves. It's our nature to be self-centered. You know, if we took a picture, if we gathered everybody together, and we took a picture of all of us today, we blew it up really big and put it on the wall. What would determine if that was a good picture or a bad picture? How you looked, right? What your expression was. What your outfit looked like. That would determine whether that was a good picture or not. Not how everyone else looked, you know. When I, when I woke up this morning, I, I know you looked in the mirror and you said, I wonder how Alan's doing this morning. Right? No. You see, self-esteem is great, but we need to learn how to esteem each other. We need to learn how to lift up each other. We need to learn how to think about others. A few verses back, the Lord lifts us up, and, and now the Lord wants us or wants to use us to lift other people up. See, you'll be surprised when you start serving. When you start lifting other people up, our problems become a lot smaller. When we focus on ourselves, our problems are big. When we focus on other people, our problems start to get a little smaller. You'll be amazed at how good you start to feel on the inside when you start serving others. But when we focus on ourselves, it leads to depression. And we look at ourselves, we think positive thoughts when we look in the mirror, right? Do you think positive thoughts about what's going on? You know, I'm dating myself way back when, when Saturday Night Live was, I don't know if it was ever good, but it was better than it is now, not that I watch it now. But, you know, the, uh, the guy that would look in the mirror, 
And he'd basically say, well, Dad, burn it. People like me. You know, and he would just keep going on and on and on, trying to build up his self-esteem. It was kind of a funny skit. Um, but that's what we do. We look in the mirror, we think of negatives, don't we? I wish I looked like that. I wish I looked like this. Oh, I'm too skinny. That's what I think. Oh, I'm too skinny. I need to lose a little weight. You know, we think of all the, the, the negatives, but he says, do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You know, next week we're going to talk about the nature of God. And he's sitting there going, I don't want you to focus on yourselves. This week, take a look at your life. When you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and think, okay, Lord, point out the things today that I'm going to be vain about. Try that. I dare you to try that. I double dare, okay, no, no, okay. Try it. Point out the things in my life that I'm going to be selfish about. And then give me the strength to not be that way. You know, when I used to go up on uh, mission trips to Oregon, we used to go up to an Indian reservation. We always stayed at this lady's ranch. And this ranch used to be on this old... um, uh, the road into her ranch was the old railroad, okay, high desert plains out in the middle of Oregon, um, uh, where they used to have railroad, you know, the wood ties for the railroad. It was built back in the 18, uh, oh, I want to say around the turn of the century. I actually got a, a TNT, like, powder can that we found out there that has a date on it, 18-something. It's, it's sitting in my office. I, I like picking up old mementos or mementos from different mission trips and stuff, and they, every time I see it, it reminds me of that trip. But, but uh, beautiful ranch, beautiful land up there, but you're going down the road, and you're just like, you know, all the way. Because even though they took out the railroad ties and even though they tried to straighten it out, I mean, we're talking, you know, 100 years of... That, you know, that road being that way. Um, so it just, uh, it, was, it was a shock. In fact, it blew my shocks on my truck. Okay? There are ruts there that will never come out of that road unless they just dig it down and destroy that road. Okay? I had to come back and literally I blew a shock. I, you know, there's all the stuff came out and all the fluid came out. So I had to replace the back of my truck shocks when I got home. But the point is the rut. Sometimes we get in a rut. I don't know about you. We all get in this. And sometimes the Lord wants to direct us down a different path to get us out of the rut because the rut is tearing uh, tearing us up. And usually the rut is because we're thinking of ourselves and not other people. God wants us to be thinking about others. And if you want to start feeling good about yourself, start serving other people. Do it. 
Because when you start serving and you start thinking about others, then you forget about yourself. It's amazing. It really is. I've had people that, that have been in ministry uh, that I've worked along beside, and their life is like, you know, if you just talk to them, you're just like, man, I just love being around them. And then I've had other people I've been around and sitting there going, I don't want to be around that person anymore. Why? Because they're so stinking negative. Have you ever been, on the, uh, been like that? You go and spend time with somebody and you're, you're like, after day, you know, sometimes it's even family members, you know. You go and after day five, you're sitting there going, I can't, I can't stay here anymore. It's just wearing me down. That's what happens when you think of yourself. When you think of others, people want to be around you. Imagine how it could change this world if you thought about others this week. Turn the negative around to the positive and allow the Lord to use you. Well, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for Paul's words. We thank you for his teaching. We pray that this week that you can show us the positives and the negatives of our our own minds and how it can lead us down good paths or, or negative paths. Lord, I pray this week we wake up with the mindset of going, what do you want to show us? What do you want to teach us? And that we can learn to to keep you in the forefront of our mind, which leads us to thinking of other people. Lord, I pray that you bless us when we think of others. I pray that you, you, you show us this week how we can be a positive impact on other people's lives. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you. May he watch over you this week. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. You guys have a wonderful week.